How are you feeling, dude? Uh, I've had better days. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the always wonderful Zach Mack. Dude, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's Monday, but all things considered, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be back on the mic. We've had... Everything from technical difficulties to car accidents to vacations uh, in between the last recordings. It's been uh, it's been a long time coming. We apologize for the episodes last week, but uh, a lot of exigent circumstances <laughs> got in the way of uh, some pretty good content. Uh, so we apologize, but we're back on the mic and we're we're ready to keep the content coming. Uh, Zach, we've got all. All the surprises, all the uh, the best teams, the worst teams, uh, the good, the bad, the the pretty ugly on this episode. Um, let's jump right into our top five best and top five worst teams. Well, I shouldn't okay. I shouldn't say our. Well, I won't say our best teams because I'm presenting this list to you, and uh, these are these are five teams near the top of the. Uh, the standings, but it's not one through five and it's not 27 through 31. Okay. Whatever, whatever that would be. Uh, <laughs> number one, and these are kind of in order, but it's not like a, a set power ranking, I would say. But uh, number one for me right now, uh, the Boston Bruins. I know that pains both of us, but they look very good right now. Near unstoppable right now. Yeah, I saw you tweet something today about... <clears throat> Some sarcastic something about how you shouldn't have anyone above the Bruins. Um, I'm I'm interested to to hear why you think they're they're the best of the best right now. I just watching them the the little I've watched of them leading up to today, and especially today's game, uh, was basically during my lunch break. So I got to watch a good portion of that. They they're so overwhelming everywhere on the ice it seems like it like right now seems like everyone's just clicking on all cylinders uh everything's tape to tape everything's in the open area they're getting good hits you know in their own zone on the forecheck everything they're doing right now seems to just be a step up from how any of their opponents uh are doing it at the exact same time i would say overwhelming is the best way to describe them honestly yeah, they're because you said all over the ice, and for me, defensively is where they've they've impressed me. They've played far better on the defensive end than I thought they were going to um, so far. And I know I mentioned on the last time that we had uh, an episode go right um, that they had <laughs> they, <laughs> they had played uh, teams that had combined no wins or something like that. Um, then they ran into Colorado, they lost, and then they swept New Jersey, which is no different. They don't have a win either. Um, but then today, they beat the Ducks, who were up to this point, you know, winning games. So um, there's a little more solidified there for me. But uh, 
I don't know that I wouldn't put them top, 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 but I, I definitely think they're they're top five for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess as long as long as they're up in your your top five, you're you're looking at them the right way. Yeah, I'm, I, I I would even I'd venture to put them in top three too, honestly. Yeah, I it's just and you get like today Pasternak scores four goals, and they have enough guys like David Pasternak, maybe not as talented, but just the right guy to have a four point night, to have three goals, two assists, five assists, like those types of nights that just jumpstart the offense. And you really just need a couple guys to step up in games like that. And the rest, I mean, you can still win that game five to five to four. If your goaltender's not having a great day, that's the type of thing that with what we've seen from Tampa so far, you could argue the Bruins will make up, you know, the the difference in points that they've they've seen the last couple of years because they were, I mean, they were right behind, not right behind, but they were closer to Tampa in that last stretch of the season, and being able to win high scoring games uh, with with guys going off like Pasternak just did, that's the type of game that makes up six maybe eight points in the standings throughout the season yeah and that's a really good point because the main thing I was concerned with early on for the Bruins was that they were playing a majority of low scoring games and it was their defense was holding up Rask was holding up and to see like you said someone like Pasha not go off like this is a huge boost for um, him obviously and then you're hoping for the rest of the team as a Bruins fan especially with I mean they've got Tampa Toronto Toronto St. Louis coming up like so yeah, to have a boost like tough. that, yeah, that's that's got to be huge, and you've got to use that going into those next few games. Yeah. I will say, um, I'll give. Here's what I'll do: I'll give us a reason to shit on Jackson at the end of the season if he's wrong, but also have to congratulate him if he's right. Jackson Temple writes for us at Belly Up Sports. Uh, he said Pasternak is is. Wait, did he call him a favorite, or did he expect him to win the Rocket Richard? Uh, I think he said he might contend for it. I don't know if he said that he would yeah. outright win it. So but. he's he's in the talks of Jackson said words that sounded like guaranteed <laughs> Pasternak would win the Rocket Richard. Uh, but hey, look at us giving Boston the credit they deserve. Who said we're not mature? We we are mature. I mean, we 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 take every every possible opportunity uh, to ridicule them, but we. When they deserve it, we'll give them the right amount of credit. God, we've matured a lot. Um, we have. Uh, this team, we've given a lot of credit to already. Uh, but the, the Colorado Avalanche, you know, I, I said it in the, re- the episode that didn't actually record. Their game against Calgary told me just how much better Colorado was than most of that conference, let alone their division. Yeah, uh, obviously they haven't lost yet. I mentioned on I also mentioned on the um, episode that did not record that uh, I didn't see them losing until possibly today, which that game's in progress as we record right now. They're actually beating the Capitals, so um, I don't know. I mean, they got Tampa in a little under a week, but I I don't know when they could lose. Honestly, <laughs> they they just seem to be on 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 the type of run that. We all start to, you know, look at the record books for, you know, uh, wins in first 15 games or, you know, quickest to such points, kind of like Tampa last year. I mean, they got a long way to go with being on Tampa's level, but they they're just always attacking and. 
their defense is good and it seems a little bit better than last year and they're getting contribution from the bottom two lines. Those are things that we needed to see improve. Now just show that you can do it consistently and everyone's cup favorite from the West starts to shift to Colorado. I don't see a way around that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could argue Vegas, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I mean, well, let's, okay, so I'll tie in the number three team, the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. They they have shown signs of not getting past issues that plagued them last year as well. Like, like Colorado has shown, hey, even though it's a small sample size, we needed to we needed to improve A, B, C, D, and we already have A, B, and D basically solved. We're just working on C, and the Knights haven't really done that for me. I still think they're – I think off the bat they're better than Colorado, so it's harder to prove that you're, you've are you solidified that spot, I guess. For Colorado, I think there's a little more wiggle room, and that's why I'm giving them a little bit of a, a boost, at least in my rankings per se – and just saying they've, they've shirred up more holes than I've seen Vegas do so far. Yeah, that, that's a good point because Vegas has, I mean, Vegas has gone two wins, two losses, two wins. And of those two losses, it was Boston and then um, Arizona, which obviously you don't expect uh, Vegas to lose game to Arizona. And it's early, but um, inconsistency could be a worry. Four to one. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So it, it's, it was, it was barely competitive. So, it's almost like the Colorado of last year where they had the inconsistency problem and you start to maybe worry about that, I guess, yeah. but it's early. So. Yeah. See, that's the thing. like Vegas had less to solve, I guess you could say. Yeah. And it, it'll take more of the season to show whether or not they've they hit that. But I will say Marc-Andre Fleury still looks good. Like he, we haven't seen his best and we, you know, we probably haven't seen his worst either obviously, but I mean, any amount of consistency from that guy for, I don't know, let's say a hundred games. Cause if, you know, they get to the run they want to make. Mm-hmm. It's still just as elite of a team as, as we thought in the preseason. Yeah. And I will say one of my worries preseason was the chief to Indian ratio. I mentioned with the Vegas golden Knights, how they <clears throat> flourish along being a team oriented team. And, None of those. I haven't seen those problems come to fruition yet. So I think that's got to ease the mind of Knights fans. Oh, that you you just reminded me of a, or posed a good question. I guess who is there a clear cut leader of that team right now? It's Mark Stone, right? Yeah, I, I would I would think that inside the locker room, it's probably Mark Stone, and, and obviously on the ice, it's Mark Stone. So, but I don't think it's. Mark Stone is not the kind of guy who's going to, you know, his head's not going to get too big. I don't think. No, I don't, I don't think so either. I, I, and I, I definitely understand the argument for Max Pacioretty having been a captain previously. And I think we've talked about that before. Um, And it is easy when his production is up, like it kind of started, but you know, he started the season looking like he was going to have a high point year. He, doesn't need the reassurance like some guys do. Max Pacioretty, I mean, and he'll still, you know, his performance will be what it'll be, but I think Mark Stone is just, yes, his stats say one thing, which is he's the leader of the team, and I think 
the way he is on the bench and presumably in the locker room. It's it's his team, but I don't think they're going to give anyone a C anytime soon. Yeah, if and if anyone else disagrees, let us know. Yeah, let Zach know. I, I'm I'm right, but <laughs> you can you can let Zach know. Um, but I was wrong, and I'll give you all the credit that you deserve because I think you you were right about the Carolina Hurricanes. Holy shit! Yeah, the, I've this seen, is a really good team. I, I've seen a couple people put them number one on power rankings. Actually, I've and, seen, I've definitely seen that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I it, it's hard to say like yeah they're a number one team. I mean the but, but they are good, like you said, and and you're right. I had the, I had them high on my uh, preseason ranking in that division. Still remains to be seen if they can hold it up. But you're right; they're they're playing good hockey. Yeah, they're they're showing a lot of. Po- I mean, what they did to uh, Tampa last week was they close they closed down every every lane passing or shooting and suffocated the life out of Tampa. I mean, they, they dominated that team I mean, they have a plus eight goal differential, which, you know, the Canes are the type of team who can win consistently, but that goal differential will be, will be closer to zero just because I, I thought their goaltending would be a bigger issue. Um, but so far, Peter Mrazek has outdueled Carey Price and, uh, the lightning offense. I obviously Vasilevsky didn't start that game, but I mean, he held held his own against the the lightning offense, and they look very very good. Yeah, and it's like Vegas to me. I they're like Vegas of the East. I guess would be a comparison. Is that they they just play like a total team? It's not like a, I don't think. And I will speak from my fan. I have Ter- Tavu Teravon and on my fantasy team, he's been playing great. Um, slow down a little bit, but they're just they're getting production from everywhere that they want to be getting production. Yeah, they yeah they the puck gets distributed um, to just about everyone on that team, and it does. They're one of the hardest fantasy hockey. You brought it up. One of the hardest fantasy hockey teams, I think, to to have players from because unless you have. I'd say Aho, what Teravainen and Smechnikov. Yeah, and and uh, I mean that's really Aho's only got everyone one. else just gets like their goals. Yeah, I mean no Dougie Hamilton. I have Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, he's yeah. Been, oh yeah, he, he's been really good. And to think that Aho only has one. If you told me six games, I think they've played six games. Six games in, Aho's only got one point. I'm putting them at like two and four at best. And it just surprised yes, me the fact six that six games then, yeah, yeah, that five and one. So if he just if he starts lighting it up like he can, wow, they they could be scary. Yeah, they'll have. Um, oh, and they just lost their. They just lost their first game. Uh, yeah, it was a couple against, days ago. Yeah, it was a couple days ago. Okay. Um, listen, I, I admit I had them low in that. Not the middle of that division, I did think they'd take a step back. Um, but we named all those players, but I think a lot of credit goes to Rod Brindamore. I think he's really got this, and I, I hate being so cliche, but I think he's got a good hold of that locker room, and I think they play for him. Yeah, I, th- I, w- 
I might get fact-checked here, but I think we were praising him towards the end of last season on these episodes on how he was able to figure that team out um, at some point during the season, and they went on a run, and they, obviously they started the celebrations, and everyone was getting behind him. And I think we credited Rob Brindamore a lot on that, and I think, I think you're right. I think a lot more people are going to start to gain respect for him as a coach. Yeah, because it's always – I mean, not every former player has any success – coaching some do have early success and uh sometimes it doesn't even last the whole season you know they're just like you know, 10 and 2 to start the season everyone thinks they turn this terrible franchise that they used to go around um rod Brindamore looks like he is destined for long-term success he just he knows what pieces need to be where when they need to be on the ice uh he's whatever he whoever he is on his staff that is shoring up everything between the pipes and making sure that defense knows, Hey, be offensive when you need to be. But, and I obviously he wouldn't say it this way, but remember who's behind you and they're doing a good job of keeping their goalie in the best position possible. So I props to the Kings. Yeah. He's got, he's got one of those hockey faces. If he was my coach, like I'd just be like, we're we're going to huddle around the bench. I had the, I wish I had the tweet. From the, uh, Sarah Sivian, she's a beat writer for the Athletic for the Canes. Uh-huh. Uh She tweeted out something that Brindamore did the other day, something along the lines of they were messing up drills, and he said, "Oh, you, you know, you guys want to do this all day?" And <laughs> out on the ice, and basically made them do the do the drill over again but also started doing one-handed push-ups on the ice. He did? He did. Brindamore did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that's just such a – that's just a guy that you're like, how do you not want to play for that guy? I, know, I wish – man, I wish I could find the exact – but, yeah, he's he seems like someone they're playing for, um, but also someone who can make the right roster decisions. Yeah. Um, it, which has been – Listen, I'll die on this hill. Not being able to make the right roster moves has is the only reason the Lightning don't have a Stanley Cup because John Cooper can't make the right decisions in at the right time. So if they have someone who can do that, that could be the difference between the the Canes and the and the Lightning. Like, I mean, shit, the the Canes winning that side of the bracket and not playing the Lightning is still a huge surprise. Like the Lightning were supposed to be in the Eastern Conference final. They were basically a shoe in. And we didn't get the, we we saw the Canes stumble against a team that could play slower, more physical and really take out what Carolina does best. And I think against the a team like the Lightning that plays just as fast, I think that bodes well for a, a team with a a much better coach in Brenda Moore than Cooper. Absolutely, I mean, but that's way down yeah. the road. I I'm getting ahead. Of this. <laughs> but remember, I said that because I know we all remember me shitting all over this team. So remember, I said good things about them. <laughs> uh, the the fifth and final team, the Buffalo Sabers. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm buying into the hype. They have the best goal differential of any of the teams we've named so far. I, I don't, I can't doubt this team right now. 
they're good. Yeah. So this is where I have to eat my words because I definitely doubted this team um, coming to this. I thought they were going to take a step back from that. Oh, so did I. No, no, I will. Uh, but now I'm buying into that. <laughs> but yeah, we both we both said screw this team. I would have. Uh, I'm not going to pick a bone with you here. I'd rather talk Sabers, but I would have put the Oilers in there instead of the Sabers. But uh, you're right. The Sabers are. What are they? They're like plus twelve. I think. Uh, Is it their – what are you impressed with? Is it the offense, the defense, the coaching? What do you think has changed for the Sabres since last year? Uh, I think Jack Eichel is uh, behind the scenes one of, like, the toughest SOBs in hockey. Like, I think he whipped this team into shape. Like, I just, I don't think that's the only reason, but I think a lot of this has to do with Jack Eichel toughening up and realizing, like, I can either be a good a good player and score a shit ton of points and be bad and, and or be a good player on a bad team in Buffalo, or I can get mentally tougher and not worry so much about, I mean, he knows he's going to go out there and perform. So now it's just about inspiring a team to go out there and perform. And I think he's got a big part in that. Um, but I also think a lot of a lot of it is this team is just playing more together. Um, I don't think they're a complete team yet, like we were talking about earlier. But uh, I think they're playing with more chemistry than at any point last year. Yeah, that's a good point about Eichel because I feel like for a majority of his career so far, he's been overshadowed by – other younger talents like McDavid, Matthews, um, other guys that kind of entered the league around the same time. And he's on the Sabres, which, you you know, you can lose track of the Sabres from time to time. They're not a high market team. But you're right. I think if he can settle that down, like you mentioned, and just realize that I'm here to win this team games instead of try to surpass Matthews or McDavid and fans eyes I think is a huge step for him and that team yeah I I think what they're doing is sustainable uh maybe not the huge goal differential maybe not the high volume scoring um but top to bottom they are much more impressive through six games than they were like their win streak last year, and you called it, I mean, you were right on the nose with who the Sabres truly were after that win streak, but you you saw more of the getting by by the, you know, by our mm-hmm. short hairs, you know, through some games, through that win streak. They're not just getting by anymore. And I think that's a big thing to remember when saying, oh, this is the same Sabres team that didn't make the playoffs after, you know, a huge win streak. Yeah. So that's our so I we don't have to get too far into it, but I did see the Oilers up there. I know I get it. I'm not that was the little bit of bias that went into it. Maybe at that five spot, especially I just I I still don't believe in them, <laughs> which isn't fair because st- even if I don't believe in them, they are playing definitely top seven hockey, even though they are up yeah, there in points. I'm so sorry, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bottle it up for a little bit longer, yeah. see if they can make it sustainable well listen you get to have the time of your life when we go through the five worst uh we'll start with uh the blackhawks 
they they've only played three games. So that's why it's been really three really bad games. And it's just it's not what you want to see going into a new year. And they're minus three, um, which is why I'm not like totally losing my mind, but it's not a great look. Yeah, they've See, I'm still I'm still worried about this team, and I'm just kind of waiting for them to burst out. They, uh, like you mentioned, they're minus three. They've only, they've lost all three of their games by one goal. Uh, <laughs> the problem is they were Philly, San Jose, and Winnipeg, who have all shown they're very beatable at this point. So that's something to worry about. But they do have a big game against the five and Oilers tonight. So that's something that you really got to keep your eye on whether or not they can be the Blackhawks that we all thought they were going to be. I mean, listen, there's not many must-win games in October, but <laughs> damn, it feels like one. Yeah. Um, moving on, the Devils. Wow. 0-4-2 through six games. Minus 16. It, it's brutal on in all three phases. Four, if you include coaching. Hines has got to go by the end of the uh, I'm assuming John Hines is gone by the end of the week. Yeah, and I, as a Devils fan, you're just hoping that. I mean, well, elephant in the room. Jack Hughes hasn't scored a point yet. That's obviously not what you're hoping for as a Devils fan uh, with the number one overall pick, who's straight into the NHL. But uh, to your point, I think you're hoping that you're just the Blues of last year. That you get rid of your coach and you're able to turn it around. And maybe that was the only problem. But. Yeah, you're right, man. Minus 16 is rough. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you only have 13 goals on the year through six games. It, there's not going to be too many people with a point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the start by Jack Hughes isn't awesome. But, I mean, if there's, if you're – and I, I know you're not saying this, but you, you've got to give a kid like – He's not, to me, the NHL's version of a prolific scorer. He's going to be a playmaker. And when you're when your scorers, your established scorers, aren't scoring, then you're not. Playmakers aren't going to get those points. Um, Capo Caco had a nice goal because Caco's a finisher, um, and I wanted to include in in this podcast at some <laughs> point that Capo Caco scored before Jack Hughes, but. Uh, uh, Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes's points will come as this Devils team gets better, more cohesive. Um, is it a horrible start? Yes. Uh, I just think there's enough with this team. If they get it together, it's not over for them. I'll, but I'll yeah, leave and, it at that. We could cut them a break. I mean, they've got they're playing with. I mean, Gusev. Simmons, Subban, even Taylor Hall only played like 30-some games last year. It's a lot of guys that just haven't skated with each other for a while, so it takes a little bit of getting used to, and, you know, obviously you'd hope that they can get it together, but um, I, I think there we could cut them. I don't know if we can cut them minus 16 slack, but yeah. we can cut them a little bit of slack. Yeah, it's, that's, I mean, giving up almost 30 goals in six games is a, uh... That's that's tough to swallow, no matter how good your offense is. I mean, I guess that's the other thing to look at, too. Even if their offense was playing well, um, there's not many teams with – well, here, let's look at it. 
even if they had the best offense in the NHL as far as goals for, they'd still be minus four. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, they got, that's killer. Yeah. So so they got you were talking about A, B, C, and D earlier, and I think they've got to figure them all out. Oh yeah, yeah. They actually, in ironically enough, we're going to use that analogy. They added EFG in the off season. And EFD haven't yeah. shown up either. Like <laughs> it's it's tough for the Devils, um, but they could turn it around. But my number three team, as far as uh, the bad, this the Sens are not going to turn it around. They've they've looked better than the Devils, but this is what we're going to get. One in four <laughs> through five games. I mean, we're going to get you know twenty five and what in a lot of losses for the rest of the season. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty much what we expected, what we predicted um, through the summer, and you're right. Silver lining is, you know, they're not as bad as the Devils, at least. But you're also, as a Senator fan, I, I won't say player staff because you're always trying to win games. But as a Senator fan, you're probably just hoping that you, you know you finish with the worst record and you get someone good. But now you've got the Devils who just had the first pick and they're behind you. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a long road for the Senators, and there's really. I mean, listen. You start the season. Brady Kachuk scores thirty seconds, and you're thinking maybe we were wrong. And then <laughs> you get pummeled, and you realize you weren't wrong. But it is nice that the the Senators are part of a bottom bunch that they won't stick out as much. Like I don't think the Senators are going to have like. 40 points this year. Like, I still think they could maybe reach the seventies, but probably mid sixties. And that won't, that won't stick out. So that's not going to be glaringly bad. So they, they might not be at the bottom of the, of any power rankings or standings, but they're always going to be bottom three or top three when it, I guess, you know, goals against Jesus, but uh, they're, they're bad. Yeah. It's, it's also funny that, their only win is against Tampa. That's that, that makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tampa's becoming a little bit of a meme. Like <laughs> when when bad things happen, like it's always it's it always it. is like every face NHL Facebook group, all the big Twitter accounts, especially at Puck Puck Pass Pod on Twitter. Um getting all the Tampa Bay Lightning memes out. Uh another team that's playing like a meme is the Dallas Stars. One five and one through seven games, minus ten. This is, I mean, this is the furthest thing from the start that a lot of people expected. I know you had them low, but I mean, this is this is has to be worse than what you even thought. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. I'm waiting for the CEO to speak up and for them to turn things around. But uh, you're right; it's you're not getting production out of Sagan, Ben, guys that you are going to lean on if you're the stars and you're right. I had them low. I didn't think they'd be this low. And I honestly, I thought they'd be in the mix this early still, but you had them. high. what, what's, have you, have you, honestly, I think I've only had a chance to throw one stars game on, but what's, what's the main concern? Cause I don't think it's goaltending. It's, it's, it's still offense. I mean, you're just just over three goals against a game is still not great thus far. Uh, but I mean, you've, you've got to have 
more than 13 goals seven games in. I mean, that's abysmal with this offense. I, I, but you, you, you do wonder like, what's the cutoff? Like, is is it twenty games? And then the CEO speaks out, and <laughs> you know starts starts calling out the players, or because it, it's too early for it to actually work. So they'll they'll have to get in and around the quarter way or quarter point of the season if they need it. I mean, who knows when? There's no way. So more than the Devils, more than the Blackhawks, and definitely more than the next team we'll talk about. Uh, I think the stars are, are capable of turning around. Yeah. But it's seven games is probably tied for the most in the NHL. It is the, the stars and jets have seven, each have seven games played and 13 goals. is just, that's brutal for that team. And it, it's a shame because they're like, when they're on, they are still, I still think that they're one of the most fun teams to watch in the NHL, and, but they just, they haven't been on yet, obviously, and that's it, it makes it tougher to you sit there and you you know you, you watch the stars game and you're just like oh they this they could be doing so much better. This should be the lack of flow and chemistry. Or I, I don't I shouldn't say lack of, but inconsistency of it is yeah, it's frustrating as a hockey fan. Yeah. Yeah, it is one of the like they're one of those teams where if you know anything about hockey, you're you should really have them down to a science, and then the product on the ice just doesn't match up with anything anyone is saying. Yeah, one five and one—that's so bad. Uh, if you could describe the Minnesota Wild in one word, what word would that be? Uh, horror, awful. I like that. Uh, they're bad. They're minus nine. They're one and four. They're not even getting loser points thus early in the season. Um, Their only win today, their only win was today, and it was against the Senators. So. Which, you know, like we talked about, <laughs> just just as bad. I have no faith in them. Uh, I mean, they're third from the they're twenty ninth in uh, the overall rankings as as we speak. That's probably where I'll have them also. <laughs> Like right in that right in that spot, there's just nothing going on. Yeah, there's nothing like the yeah, there's nothing really even like fun to talk about. Honestly, it's it's they got problems A to Z. It's there's nothing exciting that they're putting out on the ice. I I just I don't really know. I, I'm thinking my lucky stars. I'm not a Minnesota Wild fan. I know a couple of them, and I feel bad for them. And we mentioned I don't know if it was on the episode that didn't record or not, but it's hard to argue with them because they know it too, which is even more depressing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you saw, um, on, on Twitter, they're literally like, yeah, we're, we're bad. <laughs> like in, in the replies to their own team or to anything NBC, like it's always just like, yeah, we're bad. And we, you know, we don't want to argue with anyone and they won't. It's, I mean, I don't envy them or the position they're in, even though I'm looking at the Blackhawks below <laughs> them on the standings, but, uh, it just seems like such a dim future uh, for that team. And it's their own doing. I mean, you know, the, the front office set them up for failure, but still it's it's tough to watch. Their own um, fans would probably comment saying that your 29 ranking is overranking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so those are the, the top five and bottom five. Uh, 
about the top five and about the uh, bottom five. But we each have a, a big surprise, good and bad, uh, through two roughly two weeks of the season. Uh, so I'll let you start. Who is your bad, your biggest bad surprise so far this season? My biggest bad surprise is slightly obvious, but it is the Sharks. Um, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I wanted to say Blackhawks, but I'm still not totally sold that they're a bad team. So uh, I'll go with the Sharks. I, I thought they were going to be good again this year. I thought that they would put more, more points than they did last year. And we've talked we talked about it early on in the first couple episodes of the season that I mean they played terrible against Vegas first night they didn't have Carlson he comes back they're not playing any better it, arguably worse in that second game yeah yeah and it and obviously to cut them a small amount of slack it's tough to open the season against Vegas twice but uh, you go on to lose to Anaheim and Nashville after that and they're not even close. Um, pick up a win against Chicago by one goal. I mean, I I don't know. I think they've got defensive problems, but I don't think that they're. I think losing Pavelski as their captain might do them more harm than I thought it was going to. I mean, the, the but the Sharks are in such a. How can you admit that you have defense problems after paying Carlson? and Burns and, you know, I mean, just having those guys on the roster in itself, like you should never have to admit that you have defense problems, but, or you'd at least think it's the four, the two pairings below that. And it's not, it's, they're part of the problem. They're, they each have something to do with this slow start. And they're also my biggest bad surprise so far this season. I, this, there's, a lot not going right for them, but defense has to. I am Martin Jones. I mean, he he really really sucks, dude. Like he's a bad yeah, goalie. That's, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, we've we've we're talking about defense and how it's been lackluster so far, and it's you could easily throw Martin Jones under the bus for that too. But I just and you mentioned you got Burns, you got Carlson on there for a long term now, and that's the biggest worry. If I'm looking at Sharks fans, avid Sharks fans who are willing to throw Martin Jones under the bus and not talk about their defense, if the franchise, the organization is going to echo that, they're going they're going to be they're going to turn into the Kings, where they're just going to be bad for a long time. Uh, how much stock do you put in the loose speculation that Jimmy Howard is a soon-to-be San Jose Shark? Jimmy Howard's been speculation going places for numerous amount of years uh, recently. So, yeah, but I, I, never, I, never with Steve Eisenman at the helm. Yeah, and I, that's what I'm saying. I would be willing to put a little bit of weight behind it. Um, it makes sense. The Red Wings have been trying to move Howard, and I think it's time that they do. Uh, I think Bernier is a fine goalie for the time being. Um, obviously, you can't stick with him long term, but. If the Sharks are looking for another goaltender instead of Martin Jones every day, then I'd be willing to put a little bit of weight behind it. If Eisenman wants to do it, I think he'll make it happen. Yeah, and that's like, I mean, the first thing you think of is cap issues, but I mean, this is this is Doug Wilson and Steve Eisenman. Like, they're they'll make it work, and the Red Wings will probably it would, you know, they probably have to retain some salary. But I've heard that mentioned on a couple of different podcasts. Um, including Puck Soup. So I just, 
we were talking about it and they need, they need goaltending. I mean, I know I just said it, but I have to, I feel like I have to repeat this on a carry price level. Martin Jones sucks. Dude, he's so bad. Have you watched much of the Sharks this year? Yeah, I watched their first two games against Vegas. Yeah, he, dude, he sucks. Yeah, it's... I, yeah, I don't know how else to say it other than he sucks, but... Uh, and, and game six of last year's first round still happened. The dude made 50 saves against Vegas, and he's so bad. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, well. He's well not, Go ahead. Can't be. I was just gonna say he can't be an everyday goalie if you're if you're trying to be a contender. I think no. he showed that last year. You're, you're you're trying to see if he can turn around this year, and he just hasn't. Especially when your defense is trending the wrong direction. Yeah, I think that's only going to make it worse. Um, I think we've and honestly, this will be the last I say on Jones, and this is like kind of sticking my neck out for him. He, we've already seen, I think, the worst that Martin Jones can be. The rest is just that team falling apart in front of him. I really don't think if we keep, if this team continues to take a step back, we've moved on from beyond one player being the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so prayers out to to Martin Jones. Uh, biggest good surprise of the season so far. I'll start because I'm worried you might have the same one. Uh, the Buffalo Sabers. I I just thought it'd be another bad start followed by another horrendous season. And this time I think it's a good start followed by a decent season. Yeah, I we've seen them obviously we mentioned it before. We saw them last year, ten game win streak. So we know that they're capable of these kind of runs. Uh but you brought up earlier the sustainability. Uh you believe that they have what it takes to sustain this type of success going forward. I tend to agree. I think they've, they're playing with a little bit of different style, a little bit of different identity than they were last year. And I, I'd be less willing to write off a streak as fluky, but yeah, either way you spin it, they've been a surprise. I didn't, I didn't think that they would be this high this early. Yeah. And I'm starting to get all these ideas in my head about, I'm almost talking myself since I started researching for this episode at like noon today, I, I've been like talking myself into the Sabres and now, now I'm running into my head what they need to do to win Jack Eichel, the heart. Like, is there, I mean, like for you, what would, what would you need to see from the Sabres for, to be like, Oh my God, Jack Eichel is the MVP. Like finishing wise, results wise, finishing wise. Yeah. Results wise. I mean, just his overall points and them just missing the playoffs, even though that's not how the heart trophy should work. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I think for him to win the heart, they would have to be in the playoffs for sure. They'd have to be like top two. I think I just don't think they have enough. He's not going to get enough spotlight unless they're top two in their division. I don't think they can be a wild card team and him win it. I don't think. Okay. Which who knows? Maybe I mean if they keep, I see I don't I I don't think they're this good, but I think they're. Their average is going to be just above 500 hockey for the season, which mm-hmm. you know isn't isn't world beaters, isn't crazy, and like that's definitely not a scenario where Jack Eichel wins the heart, but it's improvement yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think the city of Buffalo 
would be happy with improvement. Uh, I mean, shit, they're happy with the Bills' improvement, <laughs> you know, and, and who knows what they're going to be for All the rest right. of the season. So, I mean, the Sabers, um, they're they're a big surprise uh, in a very good way for me. Who's your good surprise, or was that it? My my good surprise is Edmonton. I alluded to it earlier. I I'm so I had them high. <laughs> I thought that this year they could turn it around, and right before the season started. Uh, McDavid said that it was a new new field to the Oilers. Uh, I put a lot of weight behind that. I thought that he was coming from an honest place rather than a just boost my team up place. And they've impressed me. I mean, they're dry little McDavid. They're getting production exactly where they need it. They're not. I mean, we saw them lose games last last year where they were just they'd just get bombarded and they could even go up one or two nothing early and they lose the game 5-2 and this is, it's not the same Oilers as last year uh i thought they'd be good i did not think they'd start 5 and 0 i thought it'd be something like 3 and 2 and then they'd boost up later but i've i've been shocked at how they've been able to perform so far man i know i just can't do it and I'm so sold, and I'm not, I'm 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 really trying to like hold myself back and not because I could I could eat my words and they could be the Oilers that they always are, yeah, and go ahead and lose ten games in a row. So I'm trying to be careful about it, but so you far, just get so like perked up every time McDavid opens his mouth. I uh, I do, man. I do, man. I don't know because because it's not Austin Matthews' mouth. That's yeah. why. I listen. I like. They're definitely a, a big surprise, and if you. I guess if you like that kind of stuff, they'd be your biggest good surprise. But, um, you know, we talk about teams that can and can't sustain uh, their level of play. I think, honestly, with the the Ducks being up in the Pacific as well, uh, off to a hot start, I think both those teams just plummet and plummet soon. I don't know if it's because Connor's got super fresh legs and he's twice as fast as everyone out there, but it's just – and, you know, you admit you might eat your words. I could, you know, this could blow up in my face, but I just, I don't see it continuing for the Oilers. Part of me wants to see, just for curiosity's sake, to see the Oilers just go on a tear and be like one of the top four or five teams in the NHL because obviously they have the type of player players on their team to make that kind of thing happen. And... I want to see just what the hockey world does. Just everywhere from the Greg Wyshynski, Brian Lamberts, how they react, how they cover the NHL, or the NHL playoffs, if McDavid's in it in a real threat, down to the home Oilers fan base. Because I, really, I don't know what they're like when the Oilers are good. I don't. And they very well could be annoying, but the curiosity in me wants to know how Oilers fans are when they're good. There's no way they're worse than when they're bad. So it could be a good thing for the NHL. Listen, you're not wrong. I mean, I have very faint memory of them being even serviceable. I mean, they're just, yeah. they're not other than of the 2016 uh, season where they, you know, they made it to the second round of playoffs, but it's the Hemsky. I liked that team. That was good. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a good team, but I just, I can't see it. But we'll just have to wait and, and, and find out. Maybe maybe they make the playoffs and we all have to suck it because I don't think anyone had them making the playoffs. That's for sure. 
Um, it's quiz time. I know oh, how much you love quizzes. Uh, okay. This one pop is quiz? just yeah, basically a pop quiz. I just sprung it on you before uh, before we started recording. This one is more of a end of the class pop quiz to see how much you're paying attention. Oh. So we've got a bunch of different categories in uh, teams that fall into that category. And you just have, you don't get, uh, there's one I might give you a hint on, um, but it's a lot of stats that we've talked about, a lot of stats that you've actually said out loud. And you just had to give me some teams that fall into this category. Okay. okay. So we'll start with goals for the most in the league is 25, two teams have 25 goals to lead the NHL. Give me one of those teams. Uh, well, we mentioned the goal differential earlier, so I'm going to have to say Buffalo is one of you, them. You are correct. Do you want to try to guess the other one? Um, there's, there's no way you get this. Yeah, Colorado's only played four goal, four games. I can't imagine it's I Vegas, the Penguins. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Sabres and Penguins both have 25 goals for. Uh, as we record, someone's going to listen to this later in the week and be like, oh, well, you know, they've got 31 now. Um, <laughs> as it stands. So, yeah, you got you got the first one. Nice job. That might be your first opening question of any <laughs> quiz that you've right. um, So the bottom three teams in goals against stand at 29, 26, and 26. Give me two of those three teams. 29, 26, 26 is how he said. Well, yes. De- Devils are an easy one. Yes. Um, has Minnesota played enough games? I'll say Minnesota. It is not Minnesota. Nah, I knew after that long pause, it was probably not Minnesota. It's probably like Winnipeg. They play so many high-scoring games. Okay, so yeah, Winnipeg was another Is, game. is it really? <laughs> it's the Devils, Jets, That's and funny. Kings. I should have thought that through more. Um, so all you have one and a half of two, right? Um, this next one is overtime losses. Uh, five teams are tied at two. You need to give me two of them. Man, this I probably won't. It's all about rankings early how, in the season. How many are there? Five, you said? There's five of them? Five. All right, so with those odds. Uh, Here, I'll give you this. There's four in the east and one in the west. Okay, so the Devils, because I know that they have two points and they haven't won yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, they're one. And... God, the rest you get of two guesses. You get two guess. Like if you don't get this next guess, you get one more after that. Because five teams is a lot. Um, Flyers. No. No. Okay. One more guess. Canadians. Yes. Okay. The Canadians. Nice. Yeah. The Canadians are one of them. When you were saying Flyers, I thought you were going in to say Florida because that is off the. Oh, did they? Okay. okay. Uh, Blues, Capitals, Panthers, Canadians, and Devils all have two overtime losses. Oh, Capitals and Blues? I did, ooh, okay. Never would have guessed those. <laughs> uh, let me make sure this is right. Yes, okay. There are two teams 
on three game win streaks currently. Mm. Give me one of them. Edmonton. Oh, that is correct. You- no, you're correct. Okay. Yeah. No, I uh, forgot about the t- the teams with four and five game win streaks. Um, oh, okay. So you're just talking yes. yeah, no, straight they, three. Yeah. Let me but see. That, let me see if I can get them. How many are there? There's two. Two. So I was looking. I was like, uh, the, the the Bruins won today. Bruin are the Bruins one? No. Ah, they must be on a two game. It is uh, the the Shit. Penguins and Sabers again. Oh, I almost said the, the Sabers. They uh they fall into yeah they fall into the top of two different categories. Um yeah I was looking at I was like wait a minute yeah that would make sense that the Oilers are on a team but <laughs> I forgot about the teams I don't know why it didn't preload like that but uh so all right so you just kind of gave away that you know the answer to the final question and I got a bonus but the final question is uh there are two undefeated teams in the NHL give me both of them okay so Edmonton is one and uh, oh Colorado is the other one. Yes. All right. And the bonus question. It's a two-part question. Okay. First is, is Carey Price's goals against per, per game over or under 3.0? Oh, man. Uh, un- under. It's over. Oh, I wanted to say over with a big smile on my face. But yeah, I thought I would be it's wrong. over. Uh, lastly, over under carry prices save percentage nine ten. <laughs> I love these carry price questions. Oh, nine ten carry price. Uh, let's see. Oh, if he's over three point, oh, they probably they face a lot of shots. I'll say it's uh, I'll say it's over nine ten. It is under. It's nine oh one. The best goalie in the world has a nine oh one save percentage. He's doing even worse than I thought. Yeah, Jeez. he's doing worse than your boy Bennington. I might, you know, he's he's had a decent start to the season, but uh, yeah, Carey Price not a great start. Uh, real quick before we wrap this up, I need to come clean about the New Jersey Devils. Okay, I, I I've never been more wrong about anything. Probably, maybe, uh, in my life. Uh, this team is showing, and we talked about it earlier. I didn't want to go too far into it because I knew I had to do this. But when I'm this wrong, I need to come clean, and I need to acknowledge it to the audience because they remember – the audiences don't forget. Right. I, I've i apologized to my wife. Okay, I've said my prayers, said 10 Hail Marys. I, I will never, ever – ruin my credibility <laughs> with a prediction <laughs> like the devil's being a playoff team. Oh my God. And you let me do it. You're just as much of, at fault, by the way. Uh, this is, uh, I I am truly sorry that I was so wrong about the terrible New Jersey devils. Yeah. I, I tried to warn you. Um, I think right before the season start, you said who's, who's the team that's hyped that you're just not sold on. I, I t- I commented on your tweet and I said New Jersey. I tried to tell you, yeah. but I still might be right about the Rangers. But yeah, the Devils are just—they're bad, man. And like they're—they're they're not just like oh man, they're not doing great. You just look at—I mean, the Rangers are two and one. That's not bad. The Devils just 
everything about their game, top to bottom, coaching, up to Shiro. It's all so bad. But um, if you're listening to this and it is before October 18th, if uh, John Hines has been fired, I'll give you a T-shirt. Mm. Just got to comment and let us know. No one claimed the Cam Atkinson one. Yeah, just yeah, just find us on Twitter at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Uh, tell me that John Hines was fired, coaching the New Jersey Devils. Um, if he's fired by the 18th, first person to tweet that at us at Puck Puck Pass Pod on Twitter, uh, you get a free T-shirt. If he's if or a breast cancer hoodie. Ooh, nice hoodie season. Uh. Hoodies. If uh, if he is fired in the near future, are you restoring Daryl Sutter? Are you restoring your hope in the New Jersey hype? If they hire Daryl Sutter, yeah, okay, I like Daryl Sutter. I'm glad he's. Or I or, I mean, I don't know how it would work, but I don't hate the idea of buys. I, I mean, if they think that Blashill is going to be a coach there for more than one more year. I don't know why they're still holding on to Dan Bilesma in Detroit. No, I I think on that note, I think Blash Hill is going to be gone after uh, another year, and they're just grooming Blash or uh, Bilesma for that. <clears throat> I think Bilesma is who Eisenman wants behind the bench. I think so. I think so too. Um, but if not, I'd like I think he'd be another a decent choice for a, a team like the Devils. Um, I think that's it. What do you uh what are you watching the rest of the week until we record again? Well, I am as we record it's Monday, I'm decked out my Lions stuff. Uh when I do watch football, I tend to be a Lions fan. So they're playing a big game against the Packers tonight in Lambeau. So I'll be watching that. I might uh, go sit on my couch, I might find a sports bar. Still T B D on that. But uh otherwise this week. I'm really keeping my eyes on the Blackhawks, honestly, uh, because as yeah. I've mentioned a couple of times, I'm not sold that they're a bad team, but I could very easily be sold um, in the next week. So I'll be keeping my eyes on them. I'll also be watching, obviously, the Oilers because I'm trying to hype them up as much as I can. I uh, want to watch as much Oilers hockey as I can to see if that what they're putting out is considered sustainable. So that is what I'm keeping my eyes on. What are you watching? If I were to clip that sentence, I won't trying to watch more Oilers hockey, and I sent that, I, I don't know, to a doctor, like they might put you. This is going to be like our that, biggest struggle. That's one of the most insane sentences I've this ever This is going to be our biggest struggle all season, KJ. We're going to be going back and forth about the Oilers, and you're just going to want to be saying how disgusting it is to I watch really the Oilers. I really don't think we are, though. <laughs> I really like in my heart of hearts. I don't think that's going to be much. It's of a good hockey, but maybe I'll be wrong. It'll be good content. If anything, it's good content. <laughs> they've been bad for a while, and they've still been decent content. So we'll we'll hit it in stride. Um, yeah, I'm going to watch Monday Night Football as well. Um, I did, I, and I can highly recommend uh, the Joker. I saw that last mm. week. Highly, highly, highly. I'm actually glad it. you said that because my uh, lady has been trying to get me to fantastic. go. It's yeah, and it's it's one of those you you don't have to you know have seen a bunch of Batman Batman movies or been keeping up on DC. Uh, just you can know nothing about the Joker. Go see that movie; it's fantastic. Give us a quick uh, out of five stars. What's your review on it? Five. 
Nice. Okay. That's confident. Yeah. It's, it's, it was quick. It was, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a two hour movie and it just don't be chewed away by the slow start. Okay. It's great. It's really, really great. Um, and I might go see that again this week. Who knows? Uh, but other than that, just weekday hockey, the way Zach Mack likes it. <laughs> uh, did we get everything? I think we got everything. Yeah, we got uh, we got All some right. spicy segments to that we'll uh, throw in there in the later episode this week. But this was uh, this was a good one to yeah. get the week rolling. This is officially after uh, a tumultuous week with tech problems. Uh, shout out Zencaster. We're just working on a few minor details with your website. <laughs> um, and then thank you again to everyone who reached out to me uh, regarding the car accident. I'm going to be fine. Um, but I had to stay away from screens and Zach was enjoying himself in Florida, uh, from what it sounds like. Yeah. KJ said I was, uh, I've been hardly working lately. So he sent me off to where I had no service <laughs> and I couldn't watch any hockey. So it was a true vacation. It was fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, and so that is why we were absent all of last week, but thank you for sticking with us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the first early week episode of the 2019-20, uh, puck puck pass hockey podcast season. That was a mouthful. Um, remember to go to Prani's Hockey World, uh, hockeyworld.com uh, for all the latest and greatest as far as apparel, equipment, and anything you'll need for this hockey season. Don't forget um, Belly Up and Design Tree have teamed up uh, to do our part against breast cancer. So go check out that shirt on our uh, store, belly up, bellyupsports.com. Uh, click on our shop tab and you can find them under there. Uh, 50% of all proceeds from us are being donated as well as uh design tree matching that donation. So that's a really cool thing we're doing um, all the way through October. So you still have time. Go check those out. Um, belly up podcast network uh, at belly up podcast on Twitter. And I think that that just about covers it. Zach, I'm glad you're back from vacation, man. I, I hope you enjoyed yourself, but uh, let's get into the the meat of the NHL season now. Yes, sir. Glad you're doing okay, too, man. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, for uh, Belly Up Zach Mack, for Twitterless Maria, thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Belly Up KJ, we'll talk to you guys next week. Oiler Nation. We saw no light. We saw no signal. And we... Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at Belly Up Zach Mack, and at Puck Puck Pass Pop. Thank <laughs> you.